1 this morning, Colossians chapter number 1. And uh, again, thank you for praying for my wife. Thank you for all that you do here. Be a blessing. Miss Muriel, my wife's office, looked great. Appreciate you doing that. And uh, Brother Jeff, did you remember your lines yesterday? No. No? <laughs> Kenny looks you up. <laughs> all right, Colossians chapter number 1 this morning. And the Bible says here, and matter of fact, if you have your Bibles open, let's, let's start in verse 15 this morning. A great passage here. And uh, the Bible says in verse 15, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. So look here, that, that's a great verse right there because a lot of people, you know, they wonder about things in this world. And folks, listen, all things were created by him and for him. There's not anything that was made that God did not make it, all right? God made everything and it says it right there and they were created for him. Look at verse 17. It goes on to say he is before, notice he's before all things, and given us a great idea there of the eternality of our God, and by him all things consist. You know what that means? That means if God would take his hand off of this world, it would spin out of orbit, we'd either freeze to death or we'd burn to death, right? God, God has everything under his control and the Bible says in verse number 18, now look at this, and if that wasn't enough, he is the head of the body. And the Bible tells us the next two words, what is the body? The what? The church. So who's the head of this church? God is, right? Pastor Keeley's not. This is the Lord's work, all right? And it says here, he's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have, what's that last word? The preeminence. And the Bible says here that he might have the preeminence. The Bible says it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. So when you think about that word there, I love that word preeminence. And you know, even among the disciples when Jesus was on this earth, there was always this desire, this camaraderie among the disciples, who's first? Who's going to sit on his right hand and on his left? Uh, that just seems to be the spirit of man is, I want to be first. Now, don't get me wrong, we all like to win, right? But the, the reality is, is that everything was created by him and for him, and because of him, he holds all things together and the Bible says he's the head of the church, the body, and that, it, that, there, that through him, the Bible says here in verse number 18, that in all things he might have the preeminence. And so this morning I just want to talk to you, really some thought-provoking as we get into the month of December, Christmas time, how Jesus needs to be first in everything. Uh, certainly Christmas time, it can be a a strange time for many people. We, we uh, as Christians, realize that we celebrate the birth of Jesus, and we use this time of year to celebrate and share not only the birth of Christ, but why Jesus came. 
Uh, Jesus came so that others could hear the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, all of us as mankind, man and woman, boy or girl, all of us are born into this world. And according to the Bible, it says it's appointed unto man once to die. All of us will eventually step through death's door unless the Lord comes back in our lifetime. And so as we think about that, listen, it's important for us to see that when Jesus came, he came that he might give us what kind of life? Abundant life. That he might give us eternal life, right? Uh, the Bible calls it everlasting. I've never had one person, saved or unsaved, that if I ask them, how long is eternal? How long is everlasting? I've never had one person ever get that wrong. They say it's forever, and it is. So when you think about Christmas, it's a great time to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out to this world so they, they can understand why Jesus came. A lot of times, and we'll talk about that in our message this morning, is why would, why would God send his son? Why would Jesus come to this earth? But I think that for many people, and I've already seen this on the news and even being out a little bit, now I, I've tried to get smarter over the years. I've tried to get a little shopping done to avoid go, having to go out at Christmas time. I mean, I just, I'm going to tell you something. Going out, uh, we, we saw something that we, we needed, and, and uh, so we decided this was, this was uh, three, four days before Thanksgiving. You know, they, now they've got Black Friday and Cyber Monday and this Tuesday and this, you know, they've got so many days now. And about four days before Thanksgiving, we saw this was going to go on sale. So we got there and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I thought if this is any glimpse of what Christmas is going to be like, this old boy is not going to be out too many more times between now and December 20, at least in a shopping center or a store or something like that. But I mean, I, I got in there and people were running down the aisles and people were tripping over each other. I walked up and, I, and there was three or four of them there on the shelf and I, I, I started to, I saw some people standing there. I, I just kind of reached out and somebody said, are you going to take one? I said, well, that's, that's why I'm here. Is it okay? <laughs> you know, it's like, do they got your name on it or something? I mean, people lose the focus of what Christmas is really all about. It, it, you know, it's easy to do that. Sometimes we lose the focus by turning our thoughts inward. And, and Christmas seems to be all about myself, about what I want. And it's easy to do that. Sometimes, uh, even as a child, you're raised that way to where Christmas is all about what you want. I know my pastor for years at Christmas time and even Thanksgiving, what they would do is they would, they would wrap presents and they would take them to people who were less fortunate. And he did that on purpose because number one, people, people he knew would enjoy getting something because they didn't have it. But secondly, it helped his kids to see that there are people that have needs greater than our own. It was a great example to his children. And, um, and, and knowing his children, they probably still do some things like that, even with their own children. I think it's a great tradition. But in any case, when you think about the focus of this year, there is one that deserves our focus this month, and his name is Jesus. And we need to make sure that we're keeping our focus where it belongs, as it says here in Colossians chapter 1, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So this morning, I want to give you some thoughts about some areas in our lives, your life and mine, 
that as we get into this busy season, and maybe you've already gotten busy, uh, there are some things where areas where we can make him first, or we can, listen, I hope not that you would make him first, that you would keep him first. You're already doing this. So some of this you may be doing already. Look at number one. We need to make him first in our thoughts. Make Jesus first in our thoughts. Do you get up in the morning thinking about the Lord? Uh, I'm not going to lie to you this morning, not every day, but a lot of mornings when my feet hit the floor, I start to think, Lord, thank you for another day. I got up this morning and it was dark in the house and I was walking into the bathroom and my wife was laying there in in our bed and I, and I, I was like, thank you, Lord, that she's able to be home, that she's able to be here. We need to meditate on the Lord. Meditate on, as we sang this morning, on the grace of God that God sent His Son. I love that word Savior. You know, He came to save us. We cannot save ourselves. And and we need to, in our thoughts, I look at, of course, in the Christmas story, Luke 1 there in your notes, Mary was a vessel used by God. And the Bible says there in verse 46 that she said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. You know, my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Uh, One chapter later, Luke chapter 2, my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Notice, but Mary kept all these things, and what did she do? She pondered them in her heart, in her in her thoughts and in, in the intents. And you know, the Bible talks about how the word of God is, is quick and powerful and it, even to the thoughts and intents of the heart. Look, folks, in our thoughts during this Christmas season and honestly, every day of the Christian life, we need to keep him first. You know, when you keep the Lord first, I love that even though it's my wife's name, the word joy, Jesus, others, and then you. That's the way we need, that's the order. When you get things out of that order, you know, I I don't think there's a word spelled uh, Y-O-J. Maybe there is in some other language. But oftentimes what we want to do is we want to move that Y up before that J uh, to where the focus is on ourselves. And listen, this Christmas season, why don't you think about someone else? Think about someone else that... You know, how about this? Just ponder like Mary did that, that God could have left us headed straight for hell, but he sent his son. And so we need to keep him first in our thoughts. Number two, keep him first in our treatment, in our treatment. And here, here's what I'm talking about is I'm talking about how you serve God, how you, you, you know, look, folks, honestly, the way we serve others and the way we serve God says a lot about how much we love God. Uh, you know, the things that I do, it, it, look, I spend many, many hours, you know, doing things, studying and working around here. Sometimes Brother Chris and Brother Kenny are kind of finding out uh, just about every week, I mean, they're doing something and, and they're thinking to themselves, they never taught me this in Bible college, you know. I never thought I'd be doing this, you know, when I was in Bible college. The ministry holds a lot of different facets and the other day, I called up here, and Brother Chris answered the phone. And the way he answered the phone, I said, what are you doing? And he said, well, I was just sitting here with my feet up on my desk. <laughs> now, he doesn't know I got a camera set up in his office. Yeah. <laughs> 
But I'll tell you this, I know that when I'm not here, that they're serving God. That's the way we need to be. It doesn't matter if somebody's watching you or not. Is we need to be serving the Lord, and we need to keep Him first in our treatment. In all of your Christmas serving, do all that you do unto the Lord. Listen, that's the whole reason that we do the things we do. Look at Luke one thirty-eight, where Mary says here, Behold, notice the word, the handmaid of the Lord. Mary says, Lord, whatever you want, whatever you want me to do. I've known a lot of Christians who have just gotten so much joy out of picking up trash, scrubbing a toilet. You know, a lot of times people think, well, you know, I, I, that's just beneath me. There's a lot of ways you can serve the Lord. Listen, ask the Lord to give you something to do, a way to serve. Keep Him first. Look, folks, when people ask, why, do you, why are you doing this? Why are you, or somebody, listen, it's not that you have to, it's you get to. Keep Him first in your treatment. Notice number three, keep Him first in your time. You know, it's amazing. How, we all find time for the things that, that are important to us, do we not? Right? You know, we find time for things. We're very busy, but we have time for the things that we want to do. And when I, when, years ago, God helped me just this simple thought is that the Bible says redeem the time. God's the one who gives us the opportunity to live and listen, the life that he's given to us we need to make the most of it. And during this busy time of the year, we need to find time to worship the Lord. Now, I know I'm, I'm preaching the choir because you're in Sunday school this morning. But, but here's the thing is, is that there are many ways to worship the Lord. One is to be here in church. You can worship the Lord through your giving. You can worship the Lord through your singing. There's a lot of different ways, but we have to find time. The Bible says in the Christmas story in Luke 2 and verse 16, they came, notice the word here, with what? Haste. They didn't wait around. They said, listen, we, we've got to get to the, to the Christ child. We've got to get there. And they, they found Mary Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Look, they wanted to keep him first. They didn't say, I will do it later. I think about how many people I talk to, whether they say it or not, you can tell by the way they, they talk or maybe the way they live, someday I'll get around to finding time for the Lord. Yeah, I was out the, uh, about a week ago knocking doors, and there was this guy in, this, in his front yard, and he was messing around with his car. And I, I saw him there, and I said, hey, listen. I said, I want to give you an invitation to our service as a Bible Baptist church. And, uh, and he kind of looked at me real funny, and he sa I said, do you go to church anywhere at all? And he says, nope, don't really. He says, not really a church-going person. And I probably shouldn't have said this, but I said, well, isn't it about time you break that tradition? <laughs> I smiled when I said it, but the truth is, is I'd be the same way had somebody not shared the love of Christ with me. And we need to make the most, keep him first in our time. Number four, keep him first in our transmitting, in our transmitting. And I think most of us understand this matter of transmitting something means to communicate, right? If we're going to transmit, 
we talk about everything. I mean, people come in church, even our church members a lot of times, they'll come in and they'll start talking about the football games and they'll start talking about the weather and they'll start talking about this and talking about that. You know, even sometimes when I, we go out knocking doors and, and trying to talk to people about the Lord, you know, it, 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 there's a fine line there. I mean, I try not to walk into somebody's house and they answer the door and, and as soon as the door opens, are you going to hell? That's not the best way to start a conversation at somebody's door. Now, I, believe it or not, I've known a few Christians, Christians who have done that. And I'm like, he's like, man, everybody keeps slamming the door in my face. I was like, I wonder why. But, but when, when, when we go up to a door, watch this now. I knock on the door. They open the door. Hi, how you doing? Good morning. My name is Dane. I'm from Bible Baptist Church. And uh, we were just going through your neighborhood today, and I just wanted to give you an invitation to our church services. In other words, what, what I just did, and I might, I might look around as I'm walking up there, I might see on, their, on, on the back window of maybe a pickup truck in the driveway, I might see the symbol for a firefighter. And I might say at that point, after I introduce myself, I might say, you know, hey, are you a firefighter? Sometimes as, as somebody is there and I could kind of tell that they're kind of guarded or they've got a wall built, I, I, I'm, you know, God might put something on my mind to where, what am I trying to do? You ever heard, you ever gone somewhere and they play a game, they call it an icebreaker? You know what I'm talking about? And, and so sometimes what I'll do is, is I might try to do that. Now, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to build up some rapport. You ever heard the word rapport with people? You know, you, you, you can get a lot farther with somebody. Now, think about this. You just came to their house. You're on their front porch. You're a total stranger, and you're about to ask them. Think about this question. If you were to die today, are you 100% sure you go to heaven, or do you have some doubts about that? Now, think about the severity of that question. Somehow, you've got to get, to get, you've got to get from, hi, my name is Dane Keeley from Bible Baptist Church, to where will you spend eternity? And so how am I going to do that? I'm going to communicate. You know what the problem in most marriages is? Lack of communication. And think about this, is if we're going to give him the preeminence, then what we have to do is we have to keep him first in our transmitting. We've got to keep him first. You know, again, we can sit around and talk about, you know, our favorite sports teams or how many college teams got stomped over the weekend or whatever it is. But listen, folks, somehow you've got to get around to the most important thing. And the most important thing is what? Jesus. Right? Is this a Baptist church? Is Jesus the most important thing? That in all things he might have the what? The preeminence. So you've got to keep him first. Talk to others about the Lord. Not only in your witnessing, but listen, it's okay in your everyday conversations. How many people, you don't have to answer this, how many people when you're talking to them that you say to them, you're a Christian? The other day my, my wife and I, you know, can I just say this? I really detest insurance. Anybody else kind of feel the same way, you know? Please someone do something, you know? And, uh, and, and we were there in the hospital, and it was like every day we had to call the insurance company 
you know, is this doctor approved on our plan? You know, and I'm, I told my wife, I said, I don't think most people do this kind of stuff, but we were doing it. And this, this one lady that came by, the case manager, and she was talking to us. And, and uh, as she was there, we were just kind of, we weren't complaining, griping. We were just really kind of helping her understand. I said, you know, I know you deal with insurance and, and so on, but I said, this is what the average consumer has to deal with. And I said, you know, is, is this the norm? And she said, the insurance company or the insurance that we have, she said, you know, we actually have somebody that works with the hospital. We'll send, I'll, I'll ask her to come by and see you. Well, a day went by, nobody came. My wife said, I guess they're not going to come. And sure enough, the lady showed up a couple hours later. We talked to her. When she walked in, we, we, had, kept a, we had kept a lot of these uh, there on the thing. And when she came in, my wife started talking to her. And in the conversation, my wife said, well, we're Christians. And, uh, and so she's, she's, oh, and she said, I, I go to the Oasis. And so we talked a little while and she said, my, my husband's a pastor. And, uh, and so, you know, it just, but the, the conversation totally changed. Now, you know, what we think is, we think a lot of times, if I tell someone I'm a Christian, it's going to get worse. The truth is most time it gets better. It really does. And Jesus, Jesus said, listen, if they hated me, he says, they're going to hate you. I mean, honestly, think about it is we don't need to be a secret disciple. We need to be telling people, I'm a child of God. You know, Robert volunteers. He goes to the hospital one day a week and he goes around and he just tries to give some spiritual help to folks and encouragement along the way. And, and I was telling Robert, that lady came back, that one I was telling you about, and she came in the room and when they when they they get they get a list of people and if you've been in the hospital you probably had somebody come by maybe you've had Robert come by, but this one lady came by and I won't tell you what religion she was but when she came in uh, they have on the paperwork what religion uh, and again we're not a part of religion we're Christians but my wife's thing says Baptist and when the lady came in she's not a Baptist and she kind of started talking to my wife and my wife said well we're Christians. And it stunned her. And then she started talking some more, trying to give some stuff about, you know, the, her church and so on. And my wife looked over and she said, my husband's a pastor. And she looked at me and then she, and, and here, here's the sad thing is, is she kind of gave one of these answers, that, and I've heard this so many times, well, we're all doing the same thing and all roads lead to the same place. Folks, they don't. They don't. But the only way we're going to be able to help people is to communicate with them, is to keep him first in our transmitting, and we've got to do that. Uh, look what the Bible says in verse 17 of Luke 2. And when they had seen it, what did they do? They made known abroad the saying that was told them concerning this child. What did they do? They went everywhere telling everybody, hey, you're never going to believe it. Remember what Andrew, Andrew went to, found his brother and he says, hey, listen, we found the Messiah. We found the one that we've heard about all these years. You got to come see him. Folks, that's what you need to do. Sometimes here's what happens is we've been saved five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20, 30 years, however long you've been saved. And the longer we're saved, the more calloused we become. It ought to be as real to you today as it was the day that you got saved. 
When you, go, when you get around people, you ought to say to them, hey, listen, can I tell you about Jesus? Can I tell you what he means to me? Can I tell you what he did for me? You know what you're doing when you do that? You're making him known abroad. Everywhere you go, you're telling someone. Now, look, I understand that a lot of times in workplaces, you have to be careful because I, th- I personally believe that it doesn't honor the Lord and it definitely doesn't honor your boss when you take your boss's time to witness during the time you're supposed to be working, but you do have breaks, but you have before uh, work, after work, various things like that. Take those opportunities, seize those opportunities. You might be in a situation where you're working with someone and you're doing your job, but while you're doing it, you might have an opportunity to talk. Hey, listen, it's okay to talk to people, transmit to others about the Lord. So we need to keep him preeminent in our transmitting. Number five, make him first, keep him first in our transferring, in our transferring. How do we transfer? This is an area of giving. Uh, Listen, Christmas time is a wonderful time to give, and who better to give to than the Lord Jesus? Why? Because he is worthy. Now listen, when you give to the Lord, let me say this very clearly, you need to give your best to the Lord. Now, here's a strange one. I'll use this as an example. Please don't feel uncomfortable, and there's no reason other than the Lord just put this on my heart. It's not in my notes. But a lot of times people will say, I can't come to your church. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they'll say to me, you know, a lot of times a lady, she'll say, well, because I don't have a dress. Now, last time I looked in our Constitution, bylaws, everything we've got in writing, there is no dress code. You know, Jesus went to the woman at the well. He didn't tell her, hey, listen, go home, change your clothes, come back, and I'll talk to you. He didn't say that to her. So here's what I tell people is when you come, listen, if someone was going to meet the President of the United States, they wouldn't put on flip-flops and cut off shorts. And when we come to the Lord, we should, we should come with our best. Now, your best might be, uh, you know, a pair of khaki pants. You know, I don't, I don't know what your best is, but listen, we need to give our best to the master. He deserves our best. But listen, did God not give his best when he sent his son, right? His only begotten. Listen, there, there's a lot of Bibles that say his one and only. No, his only begotten son is what the word of God says. And so when we think about this matter of keeping him preeminent, look at Matthew 2.11. When they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary's mother fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts. And of course, we know those three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And folks, listen, honestly, you study it out. Those were very precious gifts, very symbolic gifts. There's a lot to those gifts, but they were gifts. They presented. You know, we think about how much, uh, you know, Christmas time is just a funny time of year because if you're like me, a lot of times there's so much that goes into, you think about, okay, I need to get a gift for this person. Now, what would they like? And then you go to buy it and you think, well, I hope they like it. So you know what we do nowadays is we give the gift and we give a gift receipt. Because if they don't like it, then they can just take it back. Uh, so many times now when we give gifts, you don't see the appreciation. My wife's family was really funny when, when, when I was dating her years ago. 
I remember one time they gave a present to uh, my wife's youngest sister, and she's 10 years younger, and she's, she's a tremendous Christian today, and uh, God's worked in her heart over the years, and she's just been through a lot. But they gave her a present. She opened it up, and there was just no expression, no appreciation. There was nothing there. And I think to myself, how many times God offers his son, you know, and Jesus already came, he already died on the cross, but when, when you go out and you witness and you share the, the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ, how many people turn their nose up at it? How many people say, no thanks? Folks, there's not a greater gift you can receive than the Lord Jesus Christ. When, when I go out, you know, look, God already gave the gift. I, I, you know, people put up signs, and I, I try to be sensitive. They put up a sign on their house that says, no soliciting. And I know I've been out with a lot of Christians who say, well, bless me, God, I'm going to knock on the door anyway because I'm not selling anything. And that may be true, but if somebody says no soliciting, a lot of times I won't knock on their house because I don't want, I, again, I don't want to harm the testimony of the Lord, but we aren't selling anything. As a matter of fact, God gave it. All we're doing is we're passing the gift along. You know, we're sharing the gift of the Lord Jesus. And that's what we need to do is present unto him. We need to give to him. We need to transfer to him that in all things he might have the preeminence. Look at another way we need to keep him first is keep him first in our tribute. In our tribute. You know what happens when you give tribute to someone? You're praising them, right? Uh, sometimes whenever somebody does something, I thank them. I praise them for that. When my children were little and they would do something, I would, a lot of times I would, I would say, hey, that was awesome that you did that. What was I doing? I was praising them. I was giving tribute to them. And we need to tell others this season what the Lord's done for us. Look at Luke 2.20. The shepherds returned. And notice as they had seen the Christ child, they returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Look, everything that God said when they got there, it was that and so much more. And they just, they came away from that experience. Folks, listen, again, I've been saved for 33 years and I'm just as excited today. Look, folks, I know that I'm excited when I get up here to teach, but can I tell you, I don't drink coffee. I'm not up here on a caffeine high. I'm addicted to Jesus, all right? We need to tell people about the Lord. And by the way, I was like this before God called me to preach the gospel. Uh, we need to be Christians who tell other people about the Lord, give tribute unto Him because of all the things that we have seen. Listen, John and all the apostles, they had, they had a unique privilege to spend time personally with Jesus as He was the God-man while He was on this earth. We have never walked with Him physically, but if you're in the Word of God, guess what? With your eyes, you can see with your hands, you can handle the Word of life, which is Jesus Christ, and you need to go tell people of all the things. And when you tell people about all that the Lord's done for you, you know what you're doing? You're giving Him the preeminence. You're paying tribute to the one who gave His life for you. And that's what we need to be doing every day, and especially during this Christmas season. And then notice the last one. We need to make Him first in our transformation. And I've been talking about this, the way that God has restored your life, right? Every one of us can understand this, how that he came to restore the brokenness in our lives. Well, how does that brokenness come about? By sin. 
The Bible says all have sinned. And those broken relationships, uh, the Lord can help to reestablish them and to restore them. That uh, Situations in our life where our hearts were broken. Listen, God's grace is sufficient. God can help us to reconnect to others as our hearts. Listen, I love what the Word of God says. Look what it says here in Luke 2 and verse 30. The Bible says, For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. Now you remember old Simeon, right? Simeon was hanging out there in the temple. And he was waiting for, for God's gift. And when Mary and Joseph brought the, the Christ child, and he beheld Jesus, he says, Mine eyes have behold thy salvation, the long-awaited gift. And folks, when, when we get busy this Christmas time, whether it's during ministry or even personal time, what we need to do is stay focused on Jesus on giving him the preeminence and make sure that this, that this month is really what it's meant to be. You know, one thing's unique is when I was growing up, everybody has a birthday, right? You have a birthday? Everybody has a birthday, right? But the days of just having a birthday are long over. My daughters have told me, they said, Dad, listen, it's birthday palooza. I said, what is that? They want to celebrate their birthday for like a month. I'm like, look, you, you could celebrate it a month, six months, however long you want to celebrate it. But folks, every day should be a day that we celebrate Jesus. But if you want to narrow it down to Christmas, okay, whose birthday is it? It's Jesus's, right? You ever, when you were a kid growing up, maybe in your home now, anybody in here ever did or maybe still do bake a cake and put happy birthday Jesus on it? Anybody did that? You know, some people do that. It's kind of a neat thing. We throw a birthday party for everybody else, right? And so look, it's his birthday. Let's celebrate Jesus. Well, how do you do that? By giving him the preeminence in our lives. So look, let's not, I hope you're not making him first. I hope you're keeping him first. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day and opportunity to be in your house. Lord, thank you for sending your son the gift of eternal life. And Lord, thank you again for the opportunity to love you, serve you, and to share you with others. Help us, your children, to make you known to this world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.